Peter, John, James, Andrew, Judas, the rest of the disciples, they spent three years with Jesus. He spoke into their lives. They watched what he did. Three years with Jesus, and only once, only once did they come up to him and ask him to teach them something. Imagine that, three years with Jesus, and only once, only once did they ask him to teach them something. They didn't ask him to teach them how to walk on water. They didn't ask him to teach them how to make spellbinding speeches. They didn't ask him to give them some advice on how to have a really booming business on their hands. They didn't ask him where the best place was to go to get a theological degree. Only asked him once to teach them something. And the request was, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Their greatest felt need as they spent three years with Jesus, the thing that got deep in their soul was teach us to pray. Jesus' ministry really was remarkably brief when you think about it, just basically barely three years long. And the disciples had watched his ministry during these three years. And they discovered he spent a great amount of time praying. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 16. But now even more, the report about him went abroad. Great crowds gathered to hear him. He healed their infirmities. So Jesus has a crowd around him. Things are humming. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Some of us, when our ministry really starts to grow, go think, man, we've made it now. I'm just going to put out more advertising. But what did Jesus do? He would withdraw and go to desolate places and pray. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. 
and all night he continued to pray to God. When the disciples watched Jesus, this is what they were seeing. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 46. Mark 6 and verse number 46. After he had taken leave of them, after he'd spent time ministering and serving with them, he went up to the mountain to pray. Hmm. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 23. Got rid of the crowd. Sometimes you've got to say, okay, it's time to go home, everyone. Got rid of the crowds, and then what did he do? Ran home and put some music on. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's what we do. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, and uh, I encourage you to open your Bibles to that portion because we'll be there a lot this evening. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray. Prayer was the spiritual air that Jesus was breathing every moment of his life. And the disciples saw that. The disciples noticed that. And the disciples said, Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Why did that matter to them? Why did that matter to them? And, and can I take it a step further and ask the question, why should it matter to us? Why should it matter to us? They saw Jesus, saw his ministry, and they said, teach us to pray. So let's dive into tonight, because they say the most important thing for leaders to do is to always start with why. Always start with why. People need to know why this matters. So tonight I'm gonna talk about why learning to pray matters. Why does this matter? Disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. Well, let me give you a few reasons it matters. First reason it matters is because Jesus modeled it. Mark 1, 35 to 37, rising very early in the morning. So he prays all night. He prays when the crowd leaves. He rises up early in the morning while it's still dark. He departs and goes to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon came up to him and said, searching for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. Well, Jesus doesn't always care that everyone's looking for him. Because he knew there's something far more important in life, and that's being with Father. Being alone with Father. Everyone! 
looking for you. Yeah, but I'm doing something a bit more important, Peter. I'm alone. I'm alone in a desolate place, and I am praying. So why does it matter? It matters because Jesus modeled it. You see, we call ourselves Christians, and Christians, the simplest definition of Christian is a follower of Christ. So if we're followers of Christ, then the master, the one we claim to serve, was a person who was always going away and finding a place to pray, would even pray all night. If the master was always doing that, that's what he modeled as normal. And those of us who say we're his followers should probably do life the way he did life. So Jesus modeled it. I think that's the first reason I would give why it's important. The second reason is because intimacy is built on communication and meaningful private moments. Luke 5, verse 16. He would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Part of a wedding conducted the ceremony today in uh, Watson, Saskatchewan. Uh, first time in my life I had the privilege of being a part of a Nigerian wedding. What a beautiful celebration. And now we have a young couple who's beginning a journey of marriage together. If marriages stay healthy, if marriages last the distance, go the distance, it's rooted. It's rooted in intimacy, and intimacy requires communication and meaningful moments alone. Friends. This walking out our life with Father is meant to be a deeply personal relationship. And the measure of our understanding of that is not how much we get done in a week. It's did you find some time to be alone? <laughs> With the one who ought to matter to you the most. Intimacy is built on communication. <laughs> Being with him, meaningful times, meaningful times alone. I really don't know any other way to make intimacy happen in your walk with God. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 16. Did we already look at that one? Uh, Luke 5, yes, we did. Uh, 1 John 4, verses 6 and 7. 
we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So what are we supposed to be doing in our, in our spiritual walk? We are supposed to be knowing God. It's three times in, the, in those two verses. Know God, first line. Know the spirit of truth, second line. Knows God, fourth line. Now what does know mean? Uh, it's to feel, it's to understand become known it's the Jew jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman this is the word no this is what it means in the hebrew mindset this is not some frivolous oh yeah i, I got that one down I, I memorized that one this is this deep intimate feeling understanding becoming known to each other. And that does not happen in the public arena of getting things done for God. We know him. We're called to, to know him. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, Paul is praying that I may know him know is that word gnosko it's the word i just gave you the definition from from the blue letter uh, bible gnosko that i may know him feel him understand him love his presence that i may know him why does prayer matter because intimacy with God matters. Intimacy with God matters. Third reason that prayer matters is because answered prayers are prayed prayers. Answered prayers or prayed prayers, James chapter 4, verse 2, you have not because you ask not. <laughs> How do you get answered prayers? Answered prayers are prayed prayers. I, I in, in 2011, was uh, confronted with, I with what I felt was the biggest, most insurmountable mountain I'd ever had in front of me in ministry. And I was having a grumbling session with God and saying, this is, this is, this is, this is impossible, God. How, how come you're expecting me to handle this? It's impossible. And God said to me, John, you handle this the same way you've handled everything else. Ask. And so I stopped making a game plan and I got on my knees. 
And with eight, in eight months, God had miraculously lined everything up. The only way you have answered prayers is to have prayed prayers. The only way to have answered prayers is to have prayed prayers. Fourth reason I think prayer matters is because prayer is the pathway to peace. Philippians chapter 4, halfway through the verse, verse 6 and verse 7. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I understand the darkness of the world we live in. These are tumultuous times. But in the middle of all the chaos, God still wants our lives free from fear and anxiety. and worry. I am convinced that when Jesus is on the boat and this great storm comes up and all of his disciples are in panic mode, what's he doing? Sleeping. He's got his head on a pillow. I'm sure the boat had to be rocking. And he's, and the disciples are panicking. What was the difference maker in Jesus's life? Well, he went to the mountain a lot and talked to Father. And the Father's nature became part of his, his nature. You take your requests, you make them known unto God, and God says, I'll do something, friends. I'll do something for you. The peace of God. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you want to live in an unshakable unflappable life in God. <laughs> you got to let God teach you how to pray. You've got to let God teach you how to pray. I am absolutely convinced, absolutely convinced and God knows I don't live this out perfectly, but I am absolutely convinced that daily prayer helps us tap in to the full potential of our faith for a life that is full of God's joy and peace. Absolutely convinced. Absolutely convinced. Fifth reason prayer matters. We need to learn to pray. Is the discipline of prayer orients the heart towards an attitude of submission to God? The discipline of prayer orients your heart towards an attitude of submission to God. 
it's in the place of prayer, it's going to that desolate place, it's going to that place where you're alone, it's going to that place where it's just you and him, you and God, it's going to that place where something happens inside of us. And there's this release of needing to control our lives and this entering of, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I submit to you, Lord. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. The discipline of prayer orients the heart, orients the heart towards an attitude of submission to God. So I've given you five reasons why I think it really matters that we learn how to pray. Truthfully, I could give you another 15 tonight, but I thought you're gonna have trouble remembering five, so I'll quit at five. But it does matter, friends. This is a life changer. This will change your spiritual life. I think it'll change so much in your life if we just get it. So I've thrown at you why we should pray. If you're here tonight and, and it's missions uh, emphasis weekend at the neighborhood, remember missions and you're given, stick around a bit after church, there's goodies there. And if you make a donation, uh, all the money that comes in from uh, that goodie table goes to missions. But uh, we have some books in our, our uh, I don't know what you call that, rolly thing full of books. And the rolly thing full of books, we have some books and the rolly thing full of books. Um, and a lot of them are on prayer. and. Uh, Timothy Keller has written a book simply called Prayer, uh, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. Uh, Tim Keller, Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. There are some authors that outlive themselves. There are some authors who wrote things two centuries ago that are still being read. Most of the stuff we read, nobody will be reading five years from now. It was a bestseller, but uh, it's not deep stuff. Timothy Keller's writings, if the Lord tarries, will still be re being read in two centuries. Uh, this guy has been in God's word, gets God's word, has a revelation of God's word. So I don't know how many copies of this we have, but it's back there. Uh, A.W. Tozer is one of those guys whose writing has already outlived himself, uh, going higher with God in prayer. We need to pray, friends. I've told you five reasons why. I'll probably tap into some more in this series. But I wanna start talking about how we pray tonight. And, and I'm just gonna scratch the service, surface here. So Luke chapter 11, verses one and two. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. 
When you pray, say, Father. A, uh, a young convert uh, came to Christ and saw that in the church bulletin there were things called prayer meetings and he thought well maybe I'm supposed to go to them so he started going to the prayer meetings and after going to prayer meetings for three weeks he went to his pastor said I'm going to prayer meeting and I'm really 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 confused I listen to some people pray, and they start their prayer, Jesus, I come to you now. And then I listen to other people, and they say, Holy Spirit, I come to you now. And then there's other people who pray, Father, Heavenly Father, I come to you. And then some of them, they pray using this, I don't know what you call it, but they pray to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm just really, really mixed up. How am I supposed to pray, Pastor? Was he confused or were all the people in the church that he was going to prayer meeting with confused? Well, Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father. <laughs> now, maybe that doesn't mean much to you. Maybe you think that's insignificant. But uh, let's look at some other scriptures. John 15 and verse 16. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should ab abide. And whatever you ask the Father <laughs> in my name, he may give it to you. Hmm. Next chapter, did Jesus change his mind? There's a day coming when you will ask me for nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 10. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, be, who are evil, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Lord, teach us to pray. They'd seen him praying. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, okay. When you pray, 
say, Father. So here's the question, does that really matter? Is this really significant? Is this really important? My grandma prays to Jesus, and I like my grandma. So I'm going to do what grandma does. Is, does this matter? And grandma has some prayers answered. Well, come back next week and we'll let you know if it matters. Um, we're going to look into uh, that phrase in depth. When you pray, say, say, Father. Worship band is coming along to, to help us respond to him in worship. But as they're coming, I'd invite us to stand. Friends, I think one of the most important things we do in life is make the decision about what relationships really matter to us. The fruitfulness, the steadiness, the effectiveness of our life is so often tied to the relationships we have. And I want to propose tonight that the most important relationship for those of us who would identify ourselves as Christians is the relationship with, with Father. And God craves, God craves, friends, God craves for a deeply personal and intimate relationship with you. He longs for that, longs for it. And yet sometimes we get so caught up in so many things that we don't do <laughs> with him what we would do with anybody else who matters to us. We just kind of just don't set aside a time for him. The prayer of Paul was that I may know him, that I may know him. Before Ashley and team lead us for a bit here, I just want us to, whatever this looks like for you, for me, it's going to look like this. I'm just gonna take a, a minute here and let the Father that know that I really want to know him. I really want to know him. It's a difference maker, friends. It's a difference maker. Why should we pray? Because it's the root of intimacy. Whatever this needs to look like for you, but take a minute now, would you talk to Father? And just tell him you want to know him. And I'm going to lead in a short prayer, and we'll worship together.
Father, you're not looking for a bunch of people who will do a bunch of stuff for you. You want people who will love you. <laughs> and love you enough to really want to know you. And so we just, as individuals, and then on behalf of the neighborhood church, simply ask, oh God, help us to know you. We want to know you, Lord. We want to feel you. We want to understand you. We, we, we want to have this, this deep intimacy where we're just being with you is not some dreadful experience to us, but it's meaningful, it's ecstatic, it's joyful, it's peaceful. So come, Lord, stir our hearts, stir our hearts with a desire to know you. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen and amen.